Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome back to the Nightcap first off-season edition. I can't even remember the last time I just talked into the void to myself during the playoffs. But joining me today, making his triumphant return, my probably my best friend here in Vegas, who is unfortunately now in St. Louis, the man, the myth, the legend, the Michael McKenna. Michael, the floor is yours. <laughs> I'm just happy you called me Michael. I always appreciate that. That is my full phonetic name, and it, it, it makes me feel good that my parents... You know, they gave it to me for a reason. I might as well bring it back in vogue. Uh, I'm very happy to talk. I've Good. The chats. It's time. It's time for us to, to cleanse this season of VGK and really dig in on it, Lindsay. Let's go for it here. What do you got for me? Well, I got so much, and, and, and you mentioned VGK because obviously the expansion draft happened last night. We're, we're recording this on the 22nd of July. I think it's a Thursday. Time is still a social construct, but let's start with VGK, as you mentioned. And one of the rumors, or at least some of the news that I'm seeing this morning, is centered around what I think is the most important uh, off-season signing or re-signing, uh, that, that matter, um, Alec Martinez. You and I have spoke at length about his impact on this team and how necessary it is to have him on this team going forward and where do you think he is in terms of making the decision because I know that there's an offer in front of him it's more about well do I want to stay here or do I want to want to cut bait and chase somewhere else and maybe chase a few more dollars along the way well here's what it comes down to you're tugging at hard strings because obviously he's loved his experience in Vegas from everything that we can ever gather about this, from post-game pressers to mutual friends, to all these types of things. The guy seems to love it there. But if he's even considering going to the open market, that tells me that the dollars being thrown at him are not close to what he wants. And that's a tough position to be in for a player, especially an Alec Martinez, who potentially this could be a last contract. We don't know. I mean, it's a guy who's put really hard miles on his body. We all think we can play until we're 40 years old. But you're at that stage where you're making some cash during a time frame where with the salary cap, even though it's flat, there's money to be made out on the open market. And a player like Alec Martinez, who made Shea Theodore who he was as his partner, Mm-hmm. who brought Alex Petrangelo back to what he'd been in St. Louis as his partner. I don't know how you can replace this guy. Now, I know you got to find dollars. you got to make it work. But I think Martinez is a key cog in the wheel, and it's going to come down to if he's willing to take a big haircut. That's the only way I can see him re-signing is that he just goes, I love it here. I don't want to leave. I'm leaving money on the table, but this is where I want to be. 
and it's easy for us to kind of make that decision if, if that decision was ours to make. And especially since he hasn't exactly made, you know, raked in the, the biggest dollar amounts over the course of his, of his career. I think he signed a very team-friendly deal in L.A. that he just finished up, obviously, uh, with VGK. That was at six years at $24 million. They were trying to retain so much talent on that roster that that's really what made him uh, available to VGK last season because he was a bargain, because he was a, a great player and had a depreciated value. But now that's gone because, as you said, he made Shea Theodore what he is. He, he helped her Trangelo kind of uh, re-implement himself back into the lineup. And he's a power play threat, which I think is a, a huge kind mm-hmm. of thread that a lot of teams are looking for, especially with the quick release shot that he brings. And so where do you think his true evaluation is uh, of, of what he could gather? Not the top dollar amount. And what do you think that that gap is between VGK and him? Because like you said, it's they're dealing with a lot of salary cap constraints as well. Sure. Well, I'll put it this way. I have no idea what contract negotiations have been like. This is purely throwing spaghetti at the wall from what I think may be the case. And I mean, I think on the open market, Martinez is a $6 million defenseman. I, I, I look at the deals that are being tossed around now with Alexiak and Larson and Martinez is, he's more of a defenseman than Alexiak and Alexiak's getting, I think we're at four mil a year or so or close to it, which was maybe it's more than that. I can't remember the exact dollars on it, but the bottom line, I think Martinez is a $6 million defenseman in the NHL for sure. I think what it comes down to possibly is term, you know, Mm -hmm. again, he's played hard minutes. What are teams comfortable giving him? Is it two years? Is it three years? I'd be really surprised any team that would go out on a limb for four years at where he is at his age. But I think that could be a defining moment. You know, I mean, if, if let's say Vegas wants to give him four and a half million bucks, it's a little bump off of what he was making. It's still under value. And I'm just tossing spaghetti here. Mm-hmm. But two years at four and a half, I don't think you get it done with that. When you can go on the open market and maybe get two years at six. Uh, if VGK or somebody else wants to give him a third year at a 4.5 or maybe even up to five mil, if I'm Alec Martinez, that's when I start thinking about it. I think that third year is really the critical part to this. I don't know what will happen, but you want some job security. You want a little bit of financial uh, certainty going forward. Like you said, I mean, he, he hasn't made a ton of money, Mm-mm. but he's still made $24 bucks. Right. And that's a sizable chunk that set you up for generational wealth. What you're adding on the top of that now is is just kind of deciding whether your kids go to the best private school or an okay private school. So I, I think that there's definitely a willingness, but man, I think I, I can't see you getting Alec Martinez, honestly, for less than a four, seven, five or five million bucks. And at that point, too, Mike, it, it might be that hard decision where you let him him free, but because it, it, they are just so tied up against it, you still have to resign uh, your your newly acquired centerman in, in Nolan Patrick, and we're going to get into that as well. But just to kind of put a bow on on this uh, Alec Martinez scenario, if they sign him, if they are able to resign him, what does that mean for potential resigns going forward? Do do the Gold Knights probably have to move a big chunk of salary out of their roster going? forward? forward because if that's if that's the either well then an or must fall it makes it sure looks at the goalies right away doesn't it i mean mm-hmm. if you want to look at a way to clear up cap space in a big hurry that's seemingly where all roads are headed i'm not sure who you want to get rid of out of the forwards i know that there needs to be a little bit of change up but you've already gotten nolan patrick in the mix brett howden in the mix You'd have to think that Tomas Nosek's moving on. I don't yep. see room at center for him. Uh, and that's somebody who's due a raise, by the way. He should be a $2.5 million center in the NHL, especially the way he performed last year. Yep, he's he earned it. More than that with someone. So I, I just, 
when you're that tight against the cap, and let's not forget, last year they were so tight against the cap, they had to dress 15 players against Colorado Avalanche for a game. With the like, president's trophy on the line, Mike. On the line. Yep. So I can't imagine that they want to go into next season with those same types of problems. That you need to be able to dress everybody. You need to have some flexibility to do so. If you're going to do that, you got to move someone. And I think that's why you just keep hearing people's names being floated in media as rumored, and especially the goalies. And I have no knowledge on where those may go or whether they're going to move them or anything. But, you know, you're looking at five or seven million dollars off the off the board. That gives you space for Martinez immediately. You know, and that gives you room to play. And then you have to decide, are you willing to move somebody from your top six? Are you willing to do that? You know, are you willing to blow up the misfit line? Those are hard questions because I think the decor is pretty much set at this point and mm-hmm. Martinez being the the key cog back there. I mean, I, I think that front line, man, it's you can't imagine Petretti going anywhere. Stone's not going anywhere. That misfit line, is somebody attractive? Would they mm-hmm. be willing to part with somebody there? That's a way to save to have savings, but is that the direction you want to go when you didn't have enough scoring in the playoffs? Oh, there's right. some tough decisions to be made here, Lindsay. Absolutely. Uh, is this team desperate enough in your mind where it is not only plausible but maybe likely that they would say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to trade Robin Leonard to run it one year with Marc-Andre Fleury? Because you said we got we to gotta pick one of the two. And the, How do you choose one of the two? And, and Marc-Andre Fleury has one year left at $7 million. That's a heavy cap hit, but you know what? He's never had a, a higher valuation. There might be a couple of teams. I'm sure one in Pittsburgh would definitely still take him off of their hands. But I, I still think that that move, the, the move of Marc-Andre Fleury would be a huge, huge problem for this team, especially coming off of Vesna winning campaign. But then you're mortgaging your entire future on this one year. But that's what I'm asking you, Mike. Are they there in that mindset to make that type of decision? I don't think, I don't think they're going to move on from Marc-Andre Fleury. I just right, exactly. That tells me that they can't. I, I just, I, I know they don't, in some ways, you and this is going to sound blunt, but you don't care about the fans. You have to do what's best. I know that sounds bad, uh-huh. um, but I don't see how you get rid of the heartbeat of the team in Flurry. I, I don't. And and that's the thing is that it, it's all cap space related. Mm-hmm. This plan works great if Flurry plays one more year and then Leonard can take over or whatever it is. Like it all works. But with the tight against the cap, I don't know how it does. Uh, and this is right now. Both goaltenders have. They have trade value, both of them. Mark andre Fleury mm-hmm. played great hockey, outstanding hockey, some of the best of his career. He's got value, and he's got one year left, which gives a team who's fighting, like a, I mean, like a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. or anybody else that thinks that they've got a window of one or two years, he works there. You know, that could happen. I don't right. know. But you also look at Robin Leonard, who a team could trade for with cost certainty. Exactly. He's tied into a big contract, and he's got – Four years left of it at a pretty reasonable number for somebody who's been very, very consistent and very strong in the league. Mm-hmm. So that's your conundrum. But I just, in my heart of hearts, Lindsay, can't see at this point the team moving on from Flurry, especially after last summer. If they mm-hmm. were going to trademark Andre Flurry, it was last summer. Uh, and they couldn't find a package that could make that work with salary retention picks from everything we've heard. So it'll be interesting where this one goes. 
As always, Mike, you and I are on the exact same page, dare I say, down to the paragraph and punctuation. Let's move on from, from the goalies, or at least Mark andre Fleury and Robin Leonard, and let's talk about um, Nolan Patrick and, and Cody Glass's departure. Um, what, what led to the, the, what seemed to be an inevitable end between Cody Glass and, and this organization? And as someone who has spent time recently in the, in the Philadelphia uh, organization as a player, what is Nolan Patrick like, and what does he bring to this roster that Cody Glass doesn't? Well, I think Cody Glass just, it, it didn't work, obviously, but I think it's all just tied to the fact that he had a chance to play some first-line minutes. He had a chance to play center. And when he did, he was relatively invisible between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. That's not a good place to be in when you're supposed to be a top-two-line center in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything when he played wing. When he got in the face-off circle and when he could play center, even if it was third line, he was a little better. But, man, I look at what he did on the power play, and this is a guy who's supposed to be an elite playmaker. He's been an elite playmaker at the junior level. And we've seen flashes of it, not this past season, but the one before. But this year, the only production we re- that the VGK really got from Glass in the power play was just gritty goals going to the front of the net. Mm-hmm. That's not what Cody Glass is in the NHL for. He's there to sift pucks through, to throw saucer passes, cross ice, rip seams, make players better around him. Bottom line, that wasn't happening. And yeah, he, he was really good at screening the goalie and cleaning up the garbage. It wasn't like he, they were putting him below the goal line like we saw early in the season, you know, two Correct. years ago. Correct. And then he gets sent to the American Hockey League. When you do that to a player that's that high of a pick, you're not doing it to punish that player. You're sending them to the American Hockey League so that they can go there and get confidence and dominate. Because if you're a first-line, second-line center in the NHL, you got to be dominating. You have to have that in you. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the American League, he was okay. You know, he didn't have great body language. His head would roll around when somebody would miss a pass he sent to him. And by all means, this is a really good kid, a nice kid. Like, I'm not wishing it ill against him in any way. But those are the types of things you look at where the impression is, oh, he thinks he's too good for the American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. When he didn't do much in the NHL when he was there either. That's, that perception is reality, Lindsay. That's what it comes down to. Oh. And I think that, that was there. There was animosity between Glass and I, and I think the front office at times. And it seemed like a foregone conclusion that when the season ended, he was going to leave. And that's what happened. And you know, to, to go further on your, your question there about Nolan Patrick, he didn't have a great year of the season in Philly. He got passed over by a couple of players that are young and, and performed, frankly. Um, but he's also coming off major injury, not unlike Cody Glass. You know, Nolan Patrick missed the better part of an entire season um, with, with upper body injuries. Uh, <laughs> he, he was, you know, he was dealing with, you know, whether it was concussion, whether it was whiplash, there was just problems there. And problems upstairs. His game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it hurt his game. He didn't have the confidence when he came back. But I can tell you that when I was a teammate with Nolan Patrick in Philadelphia, and I got to see him for the better part of a month, month and a half, this is a kid who can perform at the NHL level and has. Now, you know, you, you're a half a point a game guy in the NHL. Is that a first or second line centerman like he's projected to be as a number two overall pick? Uh, probably not. But I do think there's runway with him. I, this is a, to me, this is still a hope play. You're still hoping he gets back to who he was. This isn't a slam dunk. He's not Jack Eichel. But, he's man, he can skate. He's got skill. He's got a great release. I found him difficult to stop in practice. 
uh, and he shoots from areas that you're going to score goals. When I skated against Cody Glass, everything was from the hash marks where you're not going to score goals from when you're skating in and drills. So I like Nolan Patrick. I think he's an upgrade over Cody Glass. To me, uh, there's familiarity there. He's a Brandon Wheat, Wheat King. I was, I was going to say, that's the that's the first and foremost quality that needs to be present uh, for all of our players in this organization at this point. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's, he's already got the golden ticket there. We'll say that. Um, but I, I do like Nolan Patrick, and, and I do think that this is somebody who could blossom. You know, nobody thought Chandler Stevenson was going to be a first-line center. True. And I think if you put Patrick between Stone and Pacioretty and give him a chance, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, so I, I find it intriguing. I think it's a good move from that way with the VGK that they've they've swapped out somebody who, frankly, didn't seem like they believed in any longer. And they picked up someone now who's going to be energized to go somewhere else and have a chance to stake his claim in the top of a lineup. Yeah, I'm not really sure what Nashville is doing, but I guess You're Cody Glass you. will help him figure it out. Uh, it's 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 very odd some of the the moves that some teams are making, but maybe it's just finally seeing the writing on the wall with that organization who should have probably torn down a year or two earlier just to make the rebuild a, a little more simple. Nolan Patrick is a center. We've talked a little bit about Brett Howden as a center and how that probably makes yeah. Tomas Nosek expendable on this team. And as you said, very deserving of the Rays. But we talk all the time about how weak the Golden Knights are through the center position but sometimes you can make up for the the lack of ability and and responsibilities in other areas of the roster where do you think uh k-mac is trying to to fortify if he's not going big fish uh hunting for for that almighty one c most likely jack eichel but i don't know where he can go fishing right now without fixing the cap that's the hardest part. right or is, it, or is it done? Like, do you just leave it as it right. is and see see what Patrick and Howden can bring you because you need cheap uh, contracts on your roster. And you need to see what some of these young guys have, too. Like, eventually you have to bring them up. Let's not forget about Peyton Krebs. Exactly. I think he, I he think broke his face, Mike. The most intriguing prospect within the organization because there was a belief that if he hadn't broken his jaw, mm-hmm. he was going to play. And potentially in playoffs. What if we had him on the power play, Mike? Well, exact. Well, and he's he's tenacious. Mm-hmm. He's puck hungry. He's willing to go to areas that, frankly, Cody Glass wasn't. And that's where he gives you that intangible. He's not a big player. He doesn't have a big stature. He's not size. But he has a willingness and a desire. And I look at a Krebs when I watched a very limited sample size of him, admittedly. I mean, it was mm-hmm. four or five games, but... I saw somebody kind of like Yanni Gordon Tampa. Yeah, he's got the motor. Play. You're absolutely right. Yeah, left-handed, plays hard, not big, but he plays bigger than his stature. I'm so intrigued by him. You lead the Western Hockey League in scoring, you're not a slouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got a real chance. And and that's where I think it kind of is for the Golden Knights. For once, everybody just expects they're going to keep chasing the shiny object. they got to go for Eichel. they got to move different bodies. And... Sometimes you got to trust your people. And I think at this moment, this might be kind of the defining moment of the franchise where now you do have a Patrick and you do have a Krebs moving in where mm-hmm. you got to give him some rope here and see what happens. Because right now, 
we didn't see many trades by the Kraken. We didn't see many trades around the league uh, until today of big nature. I'm not sure how easy it is to move that money around in the flat cap. Right. Sometimes the best move possible is the ones that you don't make at all. But, you know, the Kraken, they're making all of the moves. They're the only ones. Well, now that the the trade embargo thing has been lifted, it was lifted at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, this afternoon. We're talking to Mike McKenna here on the nightcap, kind of uh, basically going through a postmortem with the VGK. Now we're going to start talking a little bit about the expansion draft. Any big surprises for you in the selections made last night uh, uh, as the Seattle Kraken finally uh, enter in this league as the 32nd franchise? What surprised me in some ways, only on the surface level, was that there were big-name players out there and they didn't take any of them. Right. (laughs) True. And, And I'll tell you what. Uh, man, kudos to Ron Francis for sticking to his guns because there were some shiny, shiny objects. There were some lures in the water, weren't there, Lindsay? Like, there were some players that you look and you go, can this guy help us? This guy scored 30 goals in the league. This guy's put up 70 points in the league. This guy's a a big-time defenseman. Right. I do think Giordano is very interesting, the fact that he was there. that's That makes me think he's going to play for the Kraken this year, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that there was a chance he might get flipped. I still think there might be, but that's – He's kind of like your Derek Englund type to me, if you ask. You know, you bring yep. in a steady defenseman that – and we're not comparing offensive output. No. Giordano's a, a dynamo. He's a Norris Trophy winner for a reason. But the chiseled vet yeah. experience knows how to grind. Like he said last night, this is the first time ever I've been drafted. <laughs> so yeah. thanks. And so that to me is – it's a good play to have him around because I think you'd need a couple of core linchpin people like that. Again, like a Derek Englund type. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I, I was just more surprised by the number of players they took that were really kind of, frankly, like middle of the road. You know, I, or even I just like brand new. Well, yeah, and and this again, we don't know what that what that franchise. We don't know what that roster is going to look like on opening day. They've already traded Pitlick to Calgary. Yep. Uh, maybe more in the works. I have huge question marks in goal for them. And I've seen people saying, great tandem between Vanacek and Dreger. And I'm like, really? Like, this is 70 games NHL combined here. Right. And that's not to take anything away from two guys that have absolutely paid their dues. And I am rooting for them, 100%. Right. Um, Joey Decord was a good pickup. Ottawa thought they may lose him last summer. Sure enough, they did. Um, and he went on a, a good little run there once Matt Murray got hurt, and then he got hurt himself. Yeah. But he's been bounced around a few franchises in the last couple of years. So I think him just looking for a home in general, he's probably like, hell yeah, I actually have a chance here. Well, yeah, I think I think Decord looks good. I mean, I just I have big question marks in goal. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight up, and we don't know we don't know the health status of people, uh, and that's. That's the big X factor that we don't get the insight into. But if Carey Price was healthy, I'd have taken Carey Price. I, yeah. I don't have any qualms Agreed. saying that. And there's all these people out there that go, oh, the cap, the cap, the cap, and the cap, and the cap. And like, He's a guy okay. you figure it out for. Like, like, like The Montreal Canadiens just went to the Stanley Cup final with him involved in their cap. Correct. And another goalie was three and a half million bucks in Jake Allen. Okay. Vasilevsky, huge cap hit. Guess who won? Yep. I think it comes down to, do you think you can contend out of the gate or not for Seattle? And honestly, the moves they made yesterday to me, and this is, again, projecting, but it signals to me that they think they're two or three years away from being able to contend. It's like they're still on a plan where they want to grow to it and have 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 strength for a couple of years. It's almost so, like they avoided the shiny object that is the, this yep. this expectation to, to compete right away. And that's I think that's 
because of the so much success that Vegas saw early on. But then you see yeah. what the Pacific Division is shaping up to be. And I think you're probably right there. They're taking more of the long view because if they were looking to make some noise, at the very least, you pick up Tarasenko, right? Like, I get it if you don't want to sign Langeskog to a long-term deal. Uh, I agree with you. If Carey Price isn't hurt, I, I pick him. It's it's the same thing I say about Eichel. Like, if it, if it wasn't spinal fusion surgery, like, yeah, we can explore this. But that, that takes him out of that conversation. Yep. I agree. And I think that you're, you know, you're not necessarily looking for a big splash, but I think price is just. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Like he, he strikes fear into the other team. Mm-hmm. There's not many goalies that do that. Mm-hmm. And oh, he's got five years left. Yeah, exactly. That's Especially great. if the only team to beat is Vegas. He's, he's, he's in their heads right. at this point. So, you know, you got five years to go win a cup with the guy. You're assuming he's going to fall off a cliff when he turns 35, which is what the, you know, what everybody out there nowadays seems to think when. Yeah, that's you know, when greatness Vezina, starts. Mark Andre Fleury just won a Vezina at 36. I played my best hockey in my mid 30s. Like, that's not uncommon for goaltenders. And I, I just, I, I guess in, a, in, in all honesty, I'm just kind of underwhelmed with the Seattle picks, bottom line. I'm underwhelmed that they didn't kind of go for it in some ways. It felt safe to me. But then again, they also you have to bank that they did they did their homework on all the culture on the guys that they want to have in the room and they believe that they're building the right franchise. And that's always the X factor. Have they built something that's special? Have they built it with the right people just like Vegas did? Cuz as you know, that's a huge part of winning. Absolutely. And and a huge part of winning is losing. You you mentioned Vasilevsky and and I just loop back to, you know, how how he was riding the bench behind Ben Bishop when they went on that cup run and and they get denied obviously after winning the President's Trophy getting swept by Columbus and now they're arguably the one of the best teams ever that's ever gone back to back and that's a very uh, elite group. When Vasilevsky, the guy, I think he's 26 years old, gets a shutout in every single clinching game of the playoffs this year. What's the trajectory of this guy? Like, how high are we aiming at this point? Because this is like not just all time, maybe Russian product goalie, but he could be a top. He could be a a Mount Rushmore. And if he keeps pace, now granted, his team has to keep having success. But you know how that guy plays. Like, what what makes him special to you? Well, first off, we might be watching the best goalie to ever play the game. Right. Right. There's people who will hear that statement and scream at me because they'll just refuse to believe that anybody could ever be better than Patrick Waugh or Martin Broder. Especially in Florida. You know what? And you know what? I can kind of accept that because those guys are in a different world. (laughs) Right. I also want to posit to everybody that the greatest goaltender, the most dominant goaltender to ever play the position was not Waugh or Broder. It was Hasek. Correct. And so... And Hasek, yeah, he won a cup. Vasilevsky's got two cups. He's 26. He's won a Vezina. He's got minimum 10 years left to play in the league. Con Smythe as well. Don't we're forget about that. might be watching. If he tacks on just if he tacks on one more Stanley Cup, I yeah. think we're literally talking about potentially the greatest goalie to ever play the game. That's not to say he's going to fall. He may fall off a cliff for all we know. Right. I don't see it with this guy. The way he plays, as dynamic as he is, I mean, his goal saved above average, like the metric of how you perform with your team, was second only to Marc-Andre Fleury this year across several different platforms that keep track of that type of stat. Like, this is a guy who made a huge difference on that team in Tampa. And people still try to pan it away by going, oh, a great team. Uh Uh-uh. They're a great team because Vasilevsky's a great goaltender. He's the rock of that club. I can't wait to see where his career goes. 
Agreed. I, I think the guy, just based off of what we've seen, he could have like uh, something five Vesnas, a couple more cups. I mean, you had one more Conn Smythe to that roster, and it's already a Hall of Famer. Like, it's no it question. truly is a, a special he's time. A Hall of Famer. He's a Hall yeah. of Famer right now. Yeah, he's a Hall no, of Famer. that's, that's Our, probably what, fair. What we're talking about isn't the Hall of Fame. We're talking about the upper echelons of people to ever play the position. Yeah, that's probably fair. And, and it's it's just... It's it's amazing to watch how our position has evolved through through my my career through through your career just just the equipment the way that we train everything is so different and that's why when you see somebody who's had everything at their disposal has the work ethic has the opportunity and has played on a good team that's that's why that trajectory I think for for both of us is aimed so high for him and so but before I, I we wrap things up because I could go for another three hours but I think I, we probably have to talk to some college football players here at the Cosmopolitan. <laughs> um, where, who do you think is the you most likely? Marshawn Lynch on, man. We, Mike, we had Marshawn Lynch on the show last week. I even dropped a, a Sean Gretzky j- joke, and it went over his head initially, but we got to you it after. a recurring one with Marsh, especially now that he's done it with the Kraken, man. He's your guy. Keep right. going. I know we're we're close personal best friends. If if I get him on the show, then you have to come down here in studio and we can all do one big super show. But but as I said before, I let you go. Vasilevsky at one point was a rookie and nobody knew him, just like Patrick Wall was, just like Martin Brodeur was, just like Mike McKenna and Lindsey Brown were as well. Who is your best guess, educated guess, to be the next one to bubble up in terms of dominance, in terms of the of the next generation of goaltender? Who is it? for you my word have we just galaxied this this is awful <laughs> it's a walk-off wow yeah wow well okay I, I i think we probably need to start and stop with everybody from the motherland like the, the <laughs> amount of young russian goaltenders between samsonov and shesturkin and sorotkin those guys are sick like across the board. It's the era of the and, Russian goaltender, isn't it? It's the the Finns well, have, have kind of receded a little bit, or at least the Euro style has receded a little bit. Yeah, it really has. And you know, I, I, I we can talk about them. I love all three of those. Mm-hmm. But this Spencer Knight kid down in Florida is going to be a world beater. And <sighs> I don't know if they'll get the team together to make it happen. But he already displaced Bob, and Bob's still no slouch, by the way. Chris Dreger no. didn't displace Bob in Florida. Joe Quenville was going to play whoever he thought was going to win best. Okay, mm-hmm. so anybody thinking that Seattle's already gotten their number one goalie, that's a huge question mark. We don't know who that may be there. But Spencer Knight's the real deal. Watch this kid skate. Watch his mechanics. Watch him battle on pucks. Watch him not be a goalie school goalie where he did everything perfect and the puck still went in and you look at it. He doesn't do that. This is a kid who still fights for the puck, who, who's got intangibles beyond. I can't believe that he came out of college hockey right into the NHL and played in playoffs. True. And because he earned it. Not because he was the, because he was the best option at the time. I, I think that there's runway here tonight. Again, though, I don't know if he's with the right team. That's what's going to be the hard thing. Uh, When you start looking at generational talent, you always have to look at the club in front of them. There's Mm -hmm. not many goalies that can play above and beyond those you're playing with them. Um, But I love that kid. I think he's solid. And and I really do think that that Carter Hart still has the potential to get back to where he was. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some mental work to get him dialed into having fun on the ice and not just concerned with goaltending. But this night kid, whoo. Lindsay, he's a good one, and I love watching him play. He's the type of goaltender that if I'm 
a parent or a coach, I'm telling my young goalies to, to try to tune in and watch what he does in the net. Minnesota Wild didn't need him, Mike. They didn't need him. They didn't need him. I agree with you. I love I love Spencer Knight and, and what he brings to that team and hopefully all, all the success uh, for him. Uh, I want to thank you for, for joining us today. Like I said, we can we can do this same time next week for twice as long, but I, I appreciate you taking some time today to at least peel back the first layer of the scab that is the Vegas Gold Knights season and the new chapter in the NHL, Michael McKenna. Where can I find all of your great content, your thoughts? Where do we find you? It all starts and stops with at Mike McKenna 56. Twitter, Instagram. The, the grams are a little more personal, but I tell you on the Twitters, that's where I really get things rocking. So uh, at Mike McKenna 56. And uh, Lynn, we're going to keep doing this. All right. Obviously, be, we must. This is, this, is, this is just the best. We are providing yeah, a service to every hockey fan, <laughs> especially goalie fans across the world. Thank you, my friend. We will talk very, very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Lindsay. Have a good one. You too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.